The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the best Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast and I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we'll share the news, knowledge, and strategies you need to navigate the ever-changing world of SEO. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Jordan Cooney. Hello, SEOs. My name is Jordan Cooney from Previsible, and this week, we're going to be discussing strategies for content creation that maximize your online visibility. Joining me is Gabby Florence, who is a senior manager of technical SEO at Newell Brands, a leading global consumer goods company with a strong portfolio of well-known brands, including Rubbermaid, Sharpie, Coleman, Yankee Candle, and more. Newell Brands inspires to delight customers by lighting up everyday moments. Today, Gabby and I are going to be discussing the importance of building content for e-commerce sites. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Okay, here's my conversation with Gabby Florence, Senior Manager of Technical SEO at Newell Brands. Gabby, welcome to the Voice of Search podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Super excited to have you on today. As we were talking in the prep for our show, I mentioned that I don't feel like we have enough in-house SEOs. So this is super exciting to have you on here. And not only are you an in-house SEO, but you have more brands than I think anybody on the planet. So maybe before we get into the details of content and e-commerce sites, tell us a little bit about Newell Brands and, and tell us a little bit about how you manage all these brands' SEO efforts. It's definitely a challenge. I think what makes it really exciting is that 
not many of our brands are in the same industry or market like Sharpie, Ball Mason Jar, Marmot, Yankee Candle. They're all pretty unique brands to each other. So it's number one, understanding the brand. Number two, understanding their audience because someone shopping for a tent at Coleman isn't probably the same person that might be buying a Halloween candle at Yankee Candle. So it's number two, understanding your audience. And then from there, kind of working with the different teams, it definitely varies on a day-to-day basis, but working with them to kind of really hone in on what kind of strategy we're doing. Because also something to consider is that not all of our sites are e-commerce. Some are smaller ones like marketing sites that are just purely there for users to come on and understand the brand. They're pretty high level. There's sites like that. Then there's marketing sites. So our sites that are similar to an e-commerce site, but they don't sell on their site. So anywhere you might have a typically an add to cart, it's a where to buy button. So that's usually driving you to retailer sites. And then from there, we have those larger e-commerce sites. So it's a lot of different sites and it's a different buckets of which fall under kind of what I guess, site type. So it it definitely is a juggling act, I'd say. No doubt it has to be. I mean, I have like a million tech questions that I want to ask you, but today we're talking about content. So I'm curious with this multi-brand strategy, how do you approach content and how do you prioritize content in such a unique ecosystem, right, of websites and, and brands? I mean, it really is important to, number one, consider that conversion funnel with some of our e-commerce sites and understanding where we're currently playing and where we could be playing. And then obviously you can't ignore what's going on with those big retailers with Amazon, Walmart, understanding our strategy. To a certain extent, you can't always compete that much with them, but figuring out how to coexist, I'd say, is, is probably the best word for something like that. In understanding, number one, where realistically you're not going to rank better than them, but then also where they're not playing and you know that you can leverage your authority as a brand.com site with building content that say they might not be doing right now. And so when you're thinking about content in this e-commerce world, right, and this is a great segue, you know, I think a lot of people with my past experience being at eBay and and now working with a lot of different e-commerce brands, you kind of think like it's all about product descriptions or it's all about reviews. But I'd love to get your take on content types and how you go through the process of defining content types and creating the right content strategy for a brand. Yeah. So when I think about content, it's not just the product descriptions and reviews. It's also informational content. It's also anything on our About Us page or FAQs, things like that. So there's a lot that kind of falls under that content umbrella. For the most part, when I work with brands about thinking of a content strategy, it's more so how do we inform users from, a, say, an evergreen content standpoint? Because you don't want to, number one, just continue playing in the space that you know Amazon, Walmart is playing, which is those product-specific information. You want to think about how do we tap into those people that might not know what product they want to purchase that might be at more, say, the awareness stage of a conversion funnel? Or how do we tap into these people that might not be getting information post-purchase 
about a product, like how to clean it, how to care for it, how to install it even, that you might not be getting on, say, Amazon. So it's there's a lot that kind of goes into the content strategy outside of just flat product information. No, I love that. And it's really unique because when you have this many brands, identifying those isolated scenarios that allow you to be competitive and allow you to reach consumers where these big conglomerate brands like Amazon and Walmart and others just, you know, you can't displace them, right? Consumers expect to see an Amazon in the Google SERPs. But there's all these topics that support your brand, support the mission of the product. And if you can identify those and invest there, it's such a valuable insight for not just any e-commerce site, but honestly, any brand that is fighting up against an aggregator like an Amazon or a Walmart or any other massive brand out there. So thinking about content and thinking about e-commerce, as our world evolves here in search, how do you think about structured data and the use of data in the e-commerce strategy of content? Yeah, I think it's super important. Obviously, with structured data, it gives Google a better understanding of basically labeling all the content on your site, whether it's the reviews, whether it's the pricing of information, whether it's anything like that. I think it's really important. And it's also really important when it comes to search results in Google, obviously, right? Because even this year, there's been a lot changing in terms of what gets shown and how it gets pulled into that. So I think that's definitely super important to kind of keep on top of. But when it comes to those e-commerce sites, it's not just your PDPs or your your products pages that you want to think about with structured data. You also want to think about having those answer and question schema markup on your FAQ pages. You want to make sure that you're also, if you say are a food forward site, like say Calphalon, for example, do you have recipe pages? Do your recipe pages have all of that relevant structured data? Because that's also something that's super important when people are searching, obviously, for recipes and how those all those tiles and carousels come up. So it's, it's definitely a, super important. And it's important, I think, to not just think about specific to products, even if it is an e-commerce site when it comes to that. It's an ecosystem, right? And I mean, I think, you know, even thinking about consumers and how consumers go through the journey of buying a product, they don't typically start by just saying, I need this exact model and I need this exact size or I need this exact structure. No, they probably start with things like recipes in a food-related business or they start by discovery through informational guides or FAQs. And so really valuable to think about the impact of all the content and then the structured data that's associated to it. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. 
Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Now, kind of switching gears here, you brought it up when we are talking about structured data reviews. And reviews have been under a microscope recently with Google, as I'm sure you're aware. (laughs) I'd love to get your take on reviews, where you feel reviews are going. And it must be such, you have such a unique vantage point having so many different brands with probably different types of reviews. Some of your brands probably have very like surface level type reviews. Yes, great product. And then other brands of yours are probably like super loyalist type reviews where it's like, I've been buying this product for 25 years and it's the best thing that's ever been created, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And so when you think about reviews and and you think about the brands and the impact that those reviews have, what's your vantage point and what advice could you give SEOs when it comes to leveraging reviews? I think the most important thing to remember is it's kind of like all bad publicity is good publicity or whatever the expression is, but it's a similar thing with reviews. Bad reviews aren't necessarily a bad thing. It number one, gives a good awareness of the authenticity of the product. And it's also important to respond or how you handle those bad reviews can also benefit you because, again, it does show the authenticity and clear authority of who you are or who your products are and that they're not just these fake reviews, things like that. So I think that's something that's super important is don't think you have to delete all of your negative reviews. It might not necessarily negatively benefit you to have them as long as you're understanding how to handle them and respond to them. Obviously, having a product that has a lot of negative reviews, it might mean taking into consideration what about that product is causing all of that. (laughs) It might not be that those reviews are why you're ranking bad. So I think that's something super important to consider is that bad reviews aren't necessarily a bad thing. With Google, you know, recent kind of focus on reviews and in some cases, very public announcements from Google with respect to how they're going to manage reviews. Where do you think Google's going with all these changes? Well, I think Google always is trying to do what it can to not let anyone leave the SERP. So, I mean, I think that's where they're going. And I don't think this is is surprising to anyone. Google's really just trying to emulate best how someone interacts with a site. And that's why UX is becoming more important, CRO, things like that, how people navigate on a site. And so I also think, obviously, with reviews, three-word reviews aren't very helpful to someone. So having more thorough reviews that show imagery of the actual product, that's actually something that's going to benefit someone versus, again, those short reviews that give five stars, but they say this is a good product and it doesn't really benefit anyone. So, and it's similar, I think, that to kind of just jump off of that. When also you think about recipes, people might like a recipe and they might just say, this is a good recipe, or they might like a recipe and say, hey, I did this instead of this, but it shows that someone's actually used this recipe and has a a valuable information to give. And that's a more beneficial 
obviously review, then another five-star review that has three words, you know? I love that because utility is the word that keeps coming to mind. And I think Google was sick and tired of the two-word reviews that said, great product. I mean, (laughs) what utility do you get out of that? Nothing. You get into your point about bad reviews, right? It's like bad reviews are almost incredibly more helpful because it kind of helps determine what it is that you like or don't like, right? Like if a pair of shoes often runs really narrow and the bad reviews are like, hey, this this pair of shoes, they're great, but they're really narrow. Well, someone who maybe has a wider foot probably doesn't want to buy that shoe, right? And it just helps the consumer make good decisions. So utility to me, I think is really where, you know, to your point is where Google's going and what they're trying to solve with the review updates and changes. That yeah, doing. absolutely. So final set of questions here for you, Gabby, and I think this is an interesting set. You know, we're here talking about e-commerce and we're talking about how content and building content is is important. And, you know, right now the world is a little on edge because there's this new new friend called AI who's come up, right? And is supposedly going to, you know, take all of our jobs and run the world for us. How do you think about AI and content? And how do you think about the use of AI in building great content for e-commerce sites? Not to say I'm a pessimist, but with stuff like this, I always take with a grain of salt. It kind of always makes me think about when voice search was the huge next thing, right? Everyone was freaking out. How do you prepare for that? And it kind of ended up just being a bubble. Nobody really uses their Alexa or anything like that for anything but playing music or understanding the weather. They don't use it for much else. So... And I'm not saying AI is like that. I think it's very much different. But I think with stuff like this, I like to, I guess, get all full understandings of all of it and see if there's a lot of research or studies that have gone into that before we kind of start going into using it. But I think the main thing that really concerns me the most is what happens to the data that you give to these tools from a privacy standpoint, that's really kind of the biggest issue because you hear about all of these leaks and all of this stuff and you're not really totally aware of what's going on with your information that you're just giving out to the world, so to speak. So, I mean, to a certain degree, that is a really big, I guess, con of doing stuff like this. I think there's a lot, again, to that point, we don't really know and we don't really won't know for a little bit. But I think what I have seen from people that are using it fairly strategically is that it does benefit most sites. And I think especially for maybe teams that work across a lot of sites, there are definitely places where it could be helpful to take over some of that, maybe not that long form content or things like that, but maybe shorter stuff like little copy blocks on our category pages or meta descriptions or things like that. So that would probably be where I would think of of starting first, especially with some of the stuff that we're still trying to learn, but I'm definitely open to it. But I always, like I said, always take stuff like this with a grain of salt, I'd say. Love the caution but the optimism behind AI. And I wish that a lot of the hype and media around it would take a similar approach. You know, there, there is value behind this technology, but how we use it is still very much up in question. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Voice of Search podcast. Big thank you to Gabby Florence, Senior Manager of Technical SEO at Newell Brands for joining us. This is part one of two interviews. Tomorrow, we will publish another topic with Gabby on why YouTube needs to be part of your SEO strategy. 
If you can't wait until our next episode and would like to learn more about Gabby, you will find a link to her LinkedIn profile in her show notes or visit her company website at newellbrands.com. Okay. Thanks to Jordan Cooney, the founder of Previsible. If you'd like to get in touch with Jordan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is JT Cooney. That's J-T-K-O-E-N-E. Or you can visit his company's website, which is previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E.io. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to voicesofsearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet, and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. Music.